This is the London Live Podcast. Listen live weekdays from 1 to 3 on 980 CFPL. We are here inside Santa's house right now at Victoria Park, right across from the Kiwanis Memorial Band Shell. You've probably seen it if you've walked through Victoria Park, and if you have not, then this goes to a whole new level tomorrow. You can start to have the kids bring down letters for Santa. Santa himself is going to be here, but tomorrow is also a big night in the city of London, and it's one of the reasons why it's a good thing that time changes do happen. I know we grumble about time changes, but it does make it dark right around 6 o'clock, and not long after that, we have the lighting of the lights in Victoria Park. If you've been a part of it, you know what this is like. It is as magical as it gets for the holiday season. And we had a chance to talk with John Paul McGonigal, the Division Manager of Culture, Special Events, and Sports Services in the City of London. And John, like everybody else in London, is counting down the hours. Uh, we most certainly are. Uh, uh, one more, uh, one more day, and then uh, lighting of the lights uh, for, I believe, the 61st year. Uh, I believe 1958 was the first lighting of the lights in Victoria Park. And we may not have noticed, but the lights don't just get there themselves. What's the process like in having these arrive at Victoria Park and having them get into the spots where they're going to be? Well, you know, it's uh it takes a lot of coordination and a lot of effort from a, a lot of uh, a lot of partners around the table. There is 75,000 uh, uh lights uh, in Victoria Park. Um, and uh, it does take about 4 to 6 weeks uh weather dependent. And so we've been a little bit lucky this year with the weather, but uh it takes about 4 to 6 weeks to get all 75,000 of those lights uh, into Victoria Park. Yeah, can you imagine anybody who's done this in and around their house, you know that even if it's zero or just just a fraction below zero how red your fingers get and it's difficult to put lights on with gloves doing 75,000 that's that's tough how tall are the ladders that you use or or do you actually go to kind of the the cherry lifts yeah it's 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 actually a bit of a combination of both uh, to be honest with you we're talking right now with John Paul McGonigal from the City of London as we look ahead to what we have come to know as the lighting of the lights in London, Ontario. So give us the breakdown of how this goes down tomorrow night. Absolutely. So uh, tomorrow night at Victoria Park, uh, we will have caroling uh, that begins at six, uh, about quarter after six. Um, and then all of the lights uh, in the park will be turned uh, on after a uh, uh, countdown uh, from everybody in attendance and do the countdown together. And at about 6.50 uh, tomorrow night, uh, all of those lights will illuminate uh, Victoria Park. Um, uh, obviously, there's some special guests, uh, including uh, uh, Santa Claus himself. Uh, the rock and reindeers, uh, and uh, uh, many other uh, items for people to participate and enjoy Victoria Park. So, again, gets kicked off at 6.15 uh, tomorrow, and 6.50 is when all the lights will go on after the countdown. But this is also the beginning of Santa uh, being available in Victoria Park for the children, uh, for photos. Um, uh, Santa's mailbox is there, so hopefully uh, people will bring uh, letters from, from the children uh, uh, for what they're hopes and dreams are for uh, uh, the holiday season this year. Hey, it is a great tradition. Is the display similar in Victoria Park from year to year, or do you have to get a kind of a choreographer and a designer to come in? 
Well, actually, it's, it's, it is a pretty standard setup every year. There, there is um, uh, a number of trees that are decorated uh, specifically for uh, different items. So uh, an example of that uh, would be uh, the tree that has all the yellow lights on it that you see in Victoria Park. That's actually a tree to commemorate uh, our troops overseas. Um, there is uh, the Tree of Hope, uh, and uh, that's uh, represented with pink lights. So uh, there is a large array of setup, and some of them are standard, and some of them are are open to being changed every year, but uh, we do like to uh, uh, take the holiday season to reflect on all of those uh, all of those causes throughout the holiday season. If somebody was looking for a specific tree, is there a way to kind of find that? Um, um, I, a lot of it is is just historical, but but what I would say is is London.ca will provide uh, a little more insight uh, into some of those trees, and it will also uh, give people the dates and times where the City Hall promenade deck uh, up on the 12th floor of City Hall, uh, that actually opens up starting on November 29th from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. nightly, so that you can view the lights in Victoria Park from that uh, kind of that beautiful high spot and see it in totality. Yeah, and if you haven't seen that, you need to mark that down on your to-do list this holiday season. We're talking with John Paul McGonigal on London Live about the lighting of the lights tomorrow. Something else coming through the area tomorrow happens to be the CP Holiday Train. Do we know times for that? Uh, we do, uh, and I'll actually mention that there's there's multiple items going on uh, downtown in the core uh, besides lighting of the light. So, uh, as you mentioned, the CP Holiday Train is one of those. Uh, it'll be making a stop uh, at the Richmond Street Railway Crossing. Uh, that's between Oxford and Central, and that's about 8.15. And uh, there'll be musical performances, actually, by Alan Doyle and the beautiful band from 8.30 to 9 um, as part of that. And then there's also... Uh, uh, downtown London, who's putting on a holiday detour event. Uh, there's some free hot chocolate, live music, light-up swings, photo booths, a whole bunch of other activations. Uh, and that is uh, spread all the way across downtown. So from Dundas Place to Market Square to Richmond Row. Uh, and those activities run from 4 till 8. So um, there's there's a real uh, positive, animated feeling in the downtown core tomorrow evening to celebrate the holiday season. Great stuff. I mean, we sit here on American Thanksgiving and we kind of have pangs of jealousy thinking, wow, look, look, they've got a holiday starting. Well, you know what? We've got one, too. And the City of London will show that off in a massive way tomorrow night. John Paul, thank you so much for all the time today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. John Paul McGonigal, Division Manager with Culture Special Events and Sports Services in the City of London, counting down the hours until the lighting of the lights, over 38,000 lights are going to be fired up tomorrow. It's time to get some thoughts on the holidays from a zero-waste perspective. You ready? We have an opportunity to get some... I won't call them tips. I'll get the, I'll call them suggestions from Hino Rajani, who is the co-founder of Reimagine Co. and always has great ideas. And Hino can give us the rundown of how to make a zero waste holiday or a zero waste Christmas. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. When it comes to talking about a zero-waste Christmas or a zero-waste holiday season, there's really four areas to look at. So the first is gifts, uh, the second is wrapping, the third is decorations, and the fourth is food. 
Okay. Um, so these are the kind of areas where we mostly see a, a lot of waste. So I'll start with talking about gifts. So the biggest thing you can do to avoid waste with gifts at Christmas is to give non-physical items. So rather than give material things, things that you can touch, things that you can feel, give memories. You know, buy buy event tickets, experience days, memberships, that kind of thing. Give your time. Give give a voucher to your uh, to your mum that you'll help her uh, tidy out the the spare room or, or help her with the gardening or whatever it might be. Uh, uh, offer, offer, you, offer whatever skills you have to your friends, you know, so those kind of non, non-physical things. You know, the next thing you can do, if you can't, if you do want to give a physical gift, rather than buy something new, upcycle something, turn something that you already have in, into, into something else, like, you know, or, or, or take something that you already have and rewrap it in a different way. That can, that can work too. Or, or buy secondhand. You know, if you does, if it's something that you want to buy from outside, buy secondhand or make it yourself. There's so many different ways of doing that. And then if you do want to have to buy something new because there's a special gift that you want, try and buy it ethically. So find something that's, that's produced in a, in a good way, uh, as much as, you, as much as you can. Uh, and then, and then the very last resort, buy something in the, in the, in the good old fashioned way. Uh, I think if, if, if there's nothing else and you've exhausted all the other options, by all means, it's fun to give gifts and you want to thank people and you want to show them that you love them, then, then do that. But, but do your best to exhaust all the other, other options for gifts first. And I love the idea of upcycle. We always hear recycle. Can we talk about upcycle for a second, even in the midst of all that and, and what that truly means? That's taking something you already own and doing what? Yeah, so uh, recycling is when you take something and you transform it into something of similar value or similar use. Upcycling, upcycling is what really kids in schools, school classes have been doing with their crafts, taking a shoebox and making it into a whole uh, scene or, or, or something like that. You know, and it really encourages us to be creative and to be crafty. When we're doing things with our hands, we're not only put, you know, we're, we're giving out a piece of ourselves into it, we're taking our time and we're transforming something, in, transforming it into something unique. We're talking with Hino Rajani, who is the co-owner of Reimagine Co. in London. We're talking about zero-waste holidays, zero-waste Christmas, if that is what you celebrate. And we've gone through gifts, so it's okay to give gifts, but think about the other things that you can do even before you get to that thing that you purchase new from a store. Whatever it happens to be, even if it is going to be a little card for your mom that says you're going to help clean out the spare room, you're going to want to wrap that. So what do we know about wrapping paper that is used today? Well, wrapping paper is kind of ridiculous and something that you're not even going to use. You tear it off as fast as possible, <laughs> get it in the garbage, doesn't even make it to the recycling, and and it's taking money away that you could have spent on actual gifts. Good point. So um, one you know one thing that we used to do when I was kids is use newspaper. You know that's been happening for generations. Newspaper, free newspaper, newsprint still exists. Use that. Or use you go the other extreme rather than something that you uh, it, and and then use reusable cloth bags. So something that's a nice bag that's going to be reused either by you or by the recipient of the gift. Put something inside something that you already have. So old fabric or old rags. You put it in a mason jar. Just wrap something up with twine. There's so many different things that you can do to avoid this uh, silly paper wrapping paper. A lot of which isn't actually recyclable anyway because it's plastic coated or, or metal coated as well. Yeah, it's a great point and. 
you think about if we go back in time far enough, there was no wrapping paper with reindeer on it and plastic coating on it. That didn't exist. You had to come up with creative ways. And how great is it to actually come up with a way and have somebody say, well, I, I can't believe what you've done here with the wrapping. It's it's almost impressive to be able to do that, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's easy to buy something and uh, and it's out of out of sight, out of mind. You know, it's you don't have to think about it. You don't have to put your creativity into it. But it's good to think about things and make them personal. Love it. Okay, let's move on to decorations. So rather than buying new decorations from the dollar store or from wherever you may go, try and reuse things that you already have from previous years. Ask friends, look on Kijiji, look in Goodwill. There's tons of Christmas decorations in Goodwill. Make things yourself. You know, again, children do this at school and stuff, but it's a good when you're making things yourself. You're making less of it than if it's just you're swiping your credit card and just buying it because you have to take time over it. So making things, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate them more rather than just buying a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, you can also use other things to decorate rather than things that you've just bought from the shop. Use flowers, you know, use uh, foliage, use food, you know, slices of oranges or cinnamon sticks, things that are seasonal, put them around the place. Uh, and, you know, do and, and if you do have to go out and buy things, buy things that are good quality and they're going to last you next year and the following year and the following year rather than things that you're going to have to throw away because they break. Yeah. Well said. Well said. And you look at sometimes some of those most treasured decorations are the ones that the kids made when they were six years old, five years old, four years old that are still hanging on. They might be a little more tattered, and, but they still go up there on the tree. And those are the ones that you actually do have the most sentimental value on. That's right. That's right. I think remember what Christmas is really about. Remember what the holidays are really about. It's about family. It's about friends. It's about spending time together. It's about the memories that you create rather than the things that you buy. We're talking with Hino Rajani, co-owner of Reimagine Co. And one last thing that we can look at, if we're looking at a zero-waste holiday season, zero-waste Christmas, is the food that we eat. <laughs> we like to eat the food. Uh, typically, we can make a lot of leftovers, but what suggestions do you have for food? Well, food is the biggest area of waste in almost every household. If all, of all the waste that goes into our landfills here in London, 35% of it is food. That's mind-blowing. Isn't it? And at Christmas, I'm sure that's even more because people overbuy. I know I've been guilty of that myself. And there's a lot of things that you can do. Plan your menu out. Buy less. Think about realistic portion sizes. I would also, when people, if people are coming around to your house, tell them to bring containers for leftovers to take it, take them away with you. And if you're going somewhere, take containers with you. Get things into the freezer quickly uh, if you know you're not going to eat them rather than them just sitting in the fridge uneaten. Reorganize your fridge every, every few days so that things you need to eat come to the front. You could also do, I know some people do like on a boxing day or the day after boxing day, like a food swap. If you've got, you can get, get together with some neighbors and swap some idea. things around, right? That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. And, and also think about if you can donate food that's left over, whether it's to, in the community or to, or to any organizations that might need it, might need the food. Think about your, your food service as well. Are you using paper and plastic plates and utensils and things? Or are you using reusable ones, napkins as well, using cloth napkins? But the best, the best one is just to not buy too much food and, and, and really think ahead and, and you'll, you'll save money and, uh, and save the environment as well. Well, you know, these are all amazing ideas. You open up such perspective on this every time we talk. Thanks so much for stopping by and talking about this today. You're, you're very welcome, Mike. And if anybody is interested in some more sustainable type holiday gifts, you can come down to Reimagine Co. So if you did want to buy something new, we have things that will 
help your friends reduce their waste in the future. So we have beeswax wraps, which you can use instead of saran wrap over and over and over again. Lots of different, uh, instead of the regular stocking stuffers that people might use once and throw away, how about stocking stuffer that actually helps people make good decisions, better decisions, sustainable decisions in the future, like a, 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 a reusable straw or, or lip balms that come in a compostable tube. All these possibilities at Reimagine Co. We're in the old Novak's building on King Street in downtown London. Amazing. All the best. Thanks very much, Mike. You have a great day. You too. Hino Rajani, co-founder of Reimagine Co. in London. So thoughts on a zero-waste holiday or zero-waste Christmas? Misty Craig just finished an event where she and other volunteers in this community get together and they provide just about everything that they can, whether it is tents, whether it's clothing, whether it's food, whether it is toiletries, whether it's hygiene products, you name it. They provide it to people in this community who really are in need. And we had a chance to talk about how things went in 2019. Well, it was a huge success. Uh, we helped way more people than we've ever helped. Um, I'd say over 450 came through. So it was uh, absolutely a huge success this year. We ran out of all the food, and we had very little items left over that we were able to drop off at various shelters. So when we're talking items, you had asked for a number of different things, a real variety of things. What did you end up dropping off? Pretty much everything that was on that list um, because the toiletry items all go in what's called a care package. Um, so each, each person that came through our gates was able to receive an item of toiletries and care products um, as well as they were able to help themselves to the various items of clothing, um, socks, mitts, hats, underwear, um, jackets, blankets. We even gave out 50 tents. 50 tents. Yeah, Columbia was super generous to donate those to us. So as we see tents, and we've had people make mention of this, we see tents in and around the city of London, those could be some of those tents. If they're blue and red, those are absolutely from us. (laughs) Now, (laughs) we don't realize how much of a difference that can make. When you're giving out a tent, does it come with instructions as to where tents can be put up in the city? Um, I wish it did. Truthfully, I really wish it did because that's one of the challenges we're facing right now is the city has issued warning to remove a lot of the tents that we've given them. And the sad part is, is there's no direction on where they can take them that is allowed at this point. And that's something I'm working really hard to try and fix right now with the city because realistically asking somebody to leave but not providing them another option is not helpful in any way, shape, or form. We're talking with Misty Craig as London's Homeless Helpers has concluded for 2019, but we'll talk about that in just a moment because, yes, the event itself has taken place, but there is still a lot more that you can do. Misty, can you talk about some of the reactions that you get on the day when people are able to come and say, you know what, I could really use this and they can take that and use it? Um, realistically, any of those items that were on our list, um, especially sleeping bags, like think, because the reality is, is 
if they don't have, quote-unquote, a tent or some form of shelter, the items will get ruined by snow, rain, you know, and obviously if they're asked to move or the city's cleaning up their stuff, they go, they have to start over all over again to obtain items. So there's always a need for those items. And, you know, obviously, like I said, even if something becomes soiled, to be able to replenish them throughout the winter months, not just here's a blanket and it's going to last you all winter. That's, unre- you know, unreasonable to expect of them because they're laying it on a cold, wet ground where there's snow or, you know, it's rained and now it's soaking wet that, and now it's freezing at nighttime. So it's useless to them for any form of warmth. So, you know, having the community still continue to give these items to the people throughout the winter would be extremely helpful. And what is the best way to have that happen? Well, I mean, safety first. Obviously, there are specific shelters that would make sure that if anybody comes in off the streets asking for help, they will provide them certain items of need. Um, But if you are going to the streets that I highly recommend announcing that you're there to help prior to just walking up on somebody, you know, just say, you know, even if you want to use London's Homeless Helpers, because we are known to them. So that would even help them know that, okay, you're with Misty and her group. Okay, well, we're not, we're not too concerned about you at this time. So even if you just say, you know, we're with London's Homeless Helpers, we have a blanket or, you know, some food, can we give this to you? They'll usually say, oh, yeah, come on out, you know, and then you can just give it to them. But obviously safety first, if it's something you're not comfortable with, just, you know, drop off at any of the shelters in the city and make sure that they are able to help them or even contact me and our group and I'll make sure I distribute the items for you. It's amazing to hear you saying things like you and your group because the London's Homeless Helpers part of this certainly is growing. Why did you yourself want to start this to begin with? Well, initially, I'm like I said in the past interview, um, there was a couple of kids that, you know, they had the idea of wanting to help. However, they, you know, were looking at doing it at a small scale, but it made me think we could do this on such a greater scale. So, I mean, realistically, the idea came from those kids, but it inspired me um, to do it on a bigger scale. And when my name got a part of it and it just blew up (laughs) and obviously I saw the appreciation, I saw the need. I mean, my first year we had to literally pry boots off somebody's feet um, because they were frozen solid and they were just saturated with water and ice and it was just horrible. So knowing that I can be a part of helping that was something that I couldn't turn my back on and I've been doing now since that day. And what is it like for people to be helped in that way? Um, obviously it shows compassion and that they're cared for. So that's, I mean, it's, humanity to want to be loved and cared about and or feel that you are valued as a human being. It's something we all want, whether it's from our spouse, our children, you know, or even a complete stranger that opens up the door for us. We That kind of makes us feel important. So to these people who are very vulnerable, a lot of the times, um, you know, simple gestures of kindness, you know, they're almost taken back by it because even at our event, there was a gentleman that was saying, more often than not, when people walk past them on the sidewalk, they'll literally move their kid 
to the other side of them, like as if he's going to harm their child. And he said, it's so nice to see all the kids here today helping for that reason, because it makes me feel like I'm not a bad person and I'm not to be feared. So it offers them some form of, you know, being important to, to somebody. So that, I think, is the most important thing, is just letting them know they're cared about. We need to do that a whole lot more often, don't we? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> yes, we do. Well, Misty, thank you for your role in doing this, because it's a massive role, and it's making a massive difference in the City of London. Keep it up, and any way we can help you, let us know. Absolutely. Thank you. I mean, just even putting the word out today is helpful, so I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too, thank you. Misty Craig from London's Homeless Helpers. So they have helped more people than ever before, and a lot of that comes from other Londoners helping out at the same time simply because it takes those donations of items to then distribute those items to people who are in need right now. You've been listening to the London Live Podcast. Catch the show live on weekdays from 1 to 3. 